0: This is Podco Media Networks. Welcome to Citizen CEO. Today we chat with Shayna Cosgrove, founder and CEO of NYLA Technology Solutions, a GovCon firm focused on providing mission-focused software development services to the U.S. intelligence community and the Department of Defense. Shayna started NYLA as the sole employee and has grown it to over 25 full-time employees. She's also focused on giving back to the local community. And drives Nyla's philanthropic programs. And the first part of our chat, she'll talk a little bit about her inspiration for starting Nyla, and we have a deep dive discussion about the ins and outs of creating a culture that is both employee focused and community oriented. Welcome, Shana. Thank you. So happy to have you here today. Can we start by talking a little bit about Nyla Tech? Sure.
1: Where do you want to start? Tell us a little bit about what you guys do. We are a software engineering and data science firm, first and foremost, and we specialize in the Department of Defense, DOD, and intelligence community. And our real anchor is Fort Meade, Maryland.
0: And can you share with us a little bit, like, what led you down this path? What made you decide to, to start this company and go down this road?
1: I majored in computer science in college and I knew I always wanted to work for a software company. So I never wanted to do software at a healthcare company or finance company. I really always wanted to work at a software company. And I went to school in Virginia and it's a heavy military area. And every job you're interviewing for is essentially, even if it's a consulting job, is consulting to the federal government. So the first job that I took that was the most interesting to me was a 500-person government contractor at the time in Alexandria, Virginia. And we were working on the central control panel of a helicopter, the SH-60 for Air, And we were doing a simulation of it. They were building the actual computer on another floor, and we were doing module simulations of it so that they could be trained in preparation of it being released. I don't know. I just always liked it. I, I worked briefly for two commercial companies and I just thought it was kind of meaningless. You know, I worked for this one company. It was a dot-com a in the dot-com era. And I was working on a horoscope chat and I worked briefly on another company that wanted to do today's version of advertising, pushing mobile ads to people. And it's not very motivating, and so I've just always been drawn to working on defense-related things. I worked for several different small companies and at some point, and then one very large one. And at some point, I just thought, especially at the small companies, if he can do it, I can do it. I don't know everything, but I'm pretty sure that guy can be in charge of me. <laughs> and also, I was just really like annoyed that he was in charge and I wasn't. And so... For several years, I said, I'm going to do this. And it wasn't easy because it wasn't clear how to start or what I was going to do. And then I just kept for years interviewing people and asking them how they did it and finally pulled the trigger and did it.
0: What was that moment for you, that key deciding moment that gave you the inspiration to say, I'm moving out, I'm doing this now?
1: <laughs> well, I hope he's never <laughs> listened to this, but the last company I worked for before I started I just thought, seriously, I felt like I was completely on my own, that it wasn't really a company, almost like a 1099. Why is this person making any money on me? I could build a company, at least as crappy as the companies I've worked for, (laughs) but I'm pretty sure it will be better. But I was like, sure that I could figure out the paperwork enough to take care of myself. And I think it was just sort of discontent leads to progress. I just thought I cannot... I literally cannot do another day of working for, and it was always male owned company. So I'm not bashing men, but it was, I just cannot do it anymore. And it has to be my own thing. I just felt it for years and it took a long time before I finally did it. So I think it's funny, some people who know me now, they don't know that it was like 10 years of like, I want to do this. Can I do this? I don't know. I'm scared. But then at the final time, it was like, I have no fear. Right. Like Mm -hmm. if I do a good job at work or I don't do like they're going to fire me. He's not going to protect me. So that's no different than starting my own business. Kind of like when you want to have a kid, you're not aware of how hard it is (laughs) until you actually have the baby. I was also unaware of how difficult it actually is. I mean, the paperwork's one thing and that's like if you can't get through the paperwork, you're never going to get it. But it's much harder than I thought. Right. It's not for the faint of heart.
0: No, it's not. It's not. And it's interesting because your story of inspiration is so similar to my own. I always say that I had to get to a place where my discomfort outweighed my fear because I had so much fear. Now that you're here, how do you maintain your inspiration every day?
1: I feel like actually that that's not hard. It's been really unleashed. I think it feels very freeing to me now to not be contorted to someone else's view of execution of how things should be and, you know, repeating their words or their vision. And so if I have an idea, I'm free to execute it or try or learn. I think it's very challenging to run a business, but I feel that this is where I'm meant to be. I'm able to truly bring all of my talents to bear where before you had to tuck away a lot of parts of you. And so I like that. And I also, I think right now I had this vision of creating a company with a very strong culture. I wanted a a company where people felt enriched by the company while they were at the company versus, oh, we're just taking a paycheck and aligning you with the job. Right now, seeing that come to life and seeing it kind of exist outside of me and other people believing in it Mm -hmm. and creating it. It's very surreal. It's very surreal to see your dream come true. And like for years I had wanted to be at this point. And I remember what it's like to think like, I never even thought it would ever come true. And so it's kind of weird to see this energy and to have people comment on our company and our culture. Now I feel a responsibility to continue it. We met.
0: Several months ago, we were connected by an extraordinary woman that we both know, Doreen Harwood, who I used to work for years ago. You and I met for lunch. We had a nice chat, but it wasn't until after that conversation, when I started checking you out on social, particularly LinkedIn, that I realized how special the organization that you were building is. And it really made me want to learn more. Because we're so aligned in the kind of culture that we want to create. And then to see you doing it and see that spread is is just really exciting. So I stole this post from your Instagram to share here today. And I just want to take a second to read it because I think it speaks volumes about what you're saying. And it really exemplifies why I wanted to chat with you today. So, random gentleman posted on, on LinkedIn I'm absolutely impressed with the firm and the positive culture you've built for your employees. I'm a data engineer, an inspiring entrepreneur, and have seen how you've been running Nyla. You've truly been an inspiration for me, a white male who served in the military, let alone for women in science who are at a disadvantage in the engineering field due to male ignorance. I wish you all the best in business and in life. I thought this might be a positive message for a Monday morning and a reminder that you are truly doing a great job. It's quite a testimony for someone (laughs) that that doesn't even work for your company. I don't even know who
1: he is. (laughs)
0: No, I have no idea who he
1: was. That's amazing. (laughs) How does it feel to receive that kind of feedback? It's very surreal. It's very surreal to have this vision and to see it come to life and to see people, I want to say not just buy into it, but be part of it, to perpetuate it, to create this thing. I really had a vision where you see Nyla, people, you knew what it meant and you knew like, there's garbage on the floor, we're picking it up, right? We're not going to be in your face and tell you what to do, but we are going to act in a way that you should be acting. We're going to be there to partner with the government. We are there to be not just do as we're told, but to be thinking sentient beings who really believe that we are there to help for the betterment of society. And if it's not someone has to build these systems. We cannot have foreign national build these very sensitive defense systems mm-hmm. and I believe it if not us then who and if not now then when right so you can't just keep pushing this stuff down and I feel that it doesn't have to be everyone but there are enough people who feel that way and they feel alone when they're out there and they're not surrounded by people like that and I think we've been able to attract that like-minded personality uh, personalities and you know salt it so it's coming to life maybe even stronger right so I think that that's what leadership does is it brings out traits. It like if you have a bad leader at top, then maybe people are very callous and cruel to each other versus if you're constantly kind of modeling the behavior that you want the company to be like. And so it's definitely harder to run. We have a lot of checkpoints on where we are and who we want to be. And it's not wildly profitable because it's an invest we're you know, we're really investing in the people which I believe will be profitable over the long-term versus a short-term, what's my take-home. Right. So
0: let's talk a little bit more about your culture and employee engagement. It's really clear to me that part of the reason that you've had such success in creating the culture that you have is that you've been super intentional about it. So tell me a little bit about why culture up front was so important to you when you were building the business?
1: That's a good question. You know, and I I have a culture manifesto on our careers page, and then we send it to all the candidates as well. And it was modeled on this big slide deck that Netflix put together about who we are and then what you can expect from management. And so It's funny, I put it together several years ago and it's not covered with any graphics at all, but it still really rings true and it's a good touchstone for how we want to be. I think I just really want, I give this example, I worked for this one business and it was a really small business and I was brand new. I followed the CEO in that day, literally like walked right behind him. He never turned and said hello to me. He never shook my hand and came over and welcomed me that following day. And I just thought it was so weird. And we're there to work together. I can't explain why I thought the culture was important. I just thought I want to create something that's special, that shows that we can do something different than status quo in government work as well, that you don't have to pool in Silicon Valley to have a faster feel a more innovative environment, right? Like we Mm -hmm. frequently, and I'm saying this based on being on the East Coast, is there's this real like, oh, we have to have Silicon Valley come talk to us. And I think that there's a real value to understanding the context. You know, we are very, very mission driven. You know, I mean, people can go work for Amazon and that's fine and that's important of they do a great job of serving people's every need (laughs) that they could ever want to buy for a product. But if you want to help do the defense, you know, we specialize in that. I gave the example of like in Wakanda, I'm the sister, right? Like I am not physically someone who's going to go out there like strong warrior type of person, but I'm the geek back behind the scenes, making sure it's all working and as great as possible so that we are set to do it. And it's exciting to find that there's bands of other people out there that wanna join and and do it.
0: That's awesome, I love that analogy. If you had to define nihilist culture in a couple of words, what would that be?
1: We're doers, we're people who are prone towards action versus a heavy analysis, which is a large software methodology for anything that's not going on a ship or on, like not a ship, on a satellite or an airplane, but you need to try things and you need to try them fast and you need to be comfortable. I say we're not yes men. So I'm looking for people who are comfortable saying, you know, I was thinking about our problem this weekend to their government leadership. You know, like, hey, um, you know, what if we tried this? And people who respect all human beings, really, there is a thing in tech, particularly in software, where someone likes to be the smartest person in the room and also the biggest asshole. I believe that we really deserve to treat everybody with a high degree of respect, that every human being deserves respect. I think those are kind of the core of who we are. So if you're kind of lazy or if you're scared to like stick your neck out a little, you're not, it's not a good fit for us.
0: Right. So one of the challenges that we face in GovCon is that oftentimes most of our staff is sitting client site. Oh, yeah. Right. Which can make maintaining employee engagement very difficult. We have to get a lot more inventive and creative in trying to maintain that level of engagement. So how do you guys do that?
1: We do it a couple different ways and we think about it a lot. In fact, we're jealous of, to be quite frank, we're jealous of companies that have a bigger office where their team works together more because they seem to have more fun. And a lot of our people are the only NYLA person on a contract as well. So they're even more isolated. Most of our people are, are more comfortable with that. You know, they're kind of the leader in general, but we do a whole series of engagements. So we send out a newsletter every Friday that covers different topics. So we have an island news about what's going on. We have an app we use called Bamboo that allows us to call and sick or ask questions of management, have a directory with everyone's face very easily We use Slack pretty heavily. Not everyone likes to engage in Slack, but we do use Slack. We ask a question of the week every Monday morning in Slack. We have different channels, like a cooking channel, a software channel in Slack. And then we are pretty good about face-to-face engagement. The first time you come on, we meet with you at a month. We meet with you in person three months. We meet with you every year in person. And then we have several different touch points where you can come together. And we've also started moving towards using Google Hangouts with actually doing video, come as you are. So we let people work from home and it's just like getting more comfortable with the face and authenticity. But it's understanding that we're a distributed environment and it's gonna be much more text conversation Mm -hmm. than a phone call but a balance between in-person and at home.
0: Many thanks to Shayna for sharing her journey in entrepreneurship and chatting with us about Nyla's unique and innovative corporate culture. In GovCon, especially, we often hear of different firms claiming to value culture, but ultimately not ensuring that their culture is intentional. It's clear from our conversation today that Nyla not only talks the talk, but they walk the walk. I hope you'll join us next week to learn more about the importance of philanthropy and volunteerism as part of Nyla's culture and how to overcome the challenges of attracting top-tier talent in a highly competitive technical market. Thanks so much for listening.